Hallelujah. If you love the Lord, say amen this morning. You may be seated together in the presence of the Lord. You guys can go on. Don't, don't feel tempted to jump back in. I want to. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. up some words right here because it escapes me just to know thus saith the Lord if you know it sing it with me Jesus Jesus how I trust him how I prove him o'er and o'er Precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Sing the chorus with me one more time this morning. That's an old one. I don't know. It's just been in my heart since I woke up this morning. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him. Jesus, oh for grace, oh for grace to trust him more. With all the breath I have, I will sing of the goodness of the Lord. Put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Good morning. So glad to see each and every one of you here, and I'm just speaking by faith in your smiling faces behind your mask. <laughs> Thank you to those of you who have logged in and joined us in our live service this morning here at Victory on uh, any number of our social media platforms or venues. We are appreciative of your being with us in your living room, on your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever. This is the fourth message today in the series as we've begun this year called Reset. And I think it's important to take seasons like that and to, um, you know, basically I, I put on an analog watch this morning and uh, I had to make sure that it was, you know, in the right spot. So I had to recalibrate. I had to make sure it was, I always check it against my iPhone because I know that that's correct. I saw a meme this week I thought was funny. It said, I may not be able to do Snapchat or TikTok, but I can write in cursive and I can read a, a watch that is not digital. So. <laughs> for the young ones, forgive me. That's a little, little joke in the, our favor for of us that are a little bit older this morning. Um, this message this morning is called Realignment. 
The beginning of the year is always a season of reset for me because my birthday comes at the end of December. Um, I was supposed to be a Christmas baby, and I was three days late, my mother said, and she later told me when I was, when I was a teenager that I've been late ever since <laughs> my whole life. That's not altogether true. Sometimes I'm on time. Um, although I'm getting really good at preaching some short messages, so you don't have to say amen there because I know it. <laughs> Realignment. Realignment is important to um, make sure that things are working properly. I, every time I get my oil changed, I get my tires rotated. And fortunately, I don't have to get them realigned every time. But usually, certainly when I get a new set of tires, I get the wheels realigned so that they don't wear um, inconsistently on the tires. Because if something's off a little bit, turned in or turned out, then it's going to make the, the wear pattern inconsistent and you won't get as many miles out of your tires as you're supposed to. So realignment is an important thing. It's to get everything in line with the standard. This morning as I use the text from the book of 1 Thessalonians, it's found in chapter 5, verse 23 on your screens. It says, now may the God of peace, everybody say peace. How many of you know that's something we need a whole lot of right now? Hebrew word shalom, Greek word irene. We need, we need the peace of God. Now may the God of peace make you holy. Everybody say holy. In every way and may your whole, notice the different spelling, your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Read it with me one more time, if you would, please. Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. King James says, be preserved blameless. I um, want to talk to you about realignment this morning, and my one thing, I use a teaching tool that I uh, adopted probably over a decade ago, about 15 years ago or so, that summarizes what I'm going to be doing today. I, I summarize it in a statement or two at the most. And I repeat it like a chorus, like we sang, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. Those old hymns were written in a particular format with verse, chorus, second verse, chorus, third verse, chorus, fourth verse, chorus. So you would go back and repeat the chorus and so the chorus is the main idea. It's the meat of the song that you're singing. Well, my one thing is like a chorus in a song that we, we sing repeatedly through the message so that you leave here, and if you forget the other stuff and you don't get anything else, you get this one thing. So the one thing is on the screen. Say it out loud with me, please, if you would. Realignment is getting everything in you in line with the Word and the Spirit of God. If you believe that, say Amen. Realignment is getting everything in you in line with the Word and the Spirit of God. Let's take it out of the second person and put it in the, in the first. Let's say in me, okay? Here we go. Realignment is getting everything in me in line with the Word and the Spirit of God. Pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege to stand before your people Lord, to broadcast this into the homes of folk here locally and across the nation and even around the world, as we know that there are people that are viewing in different places. 
different times this week. Thank you, Lord, that your word is timeless, that you use these words today, that the the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I, I say these next words repetitiously. I do them on purpose and I feel them intentionally every time. I know, O God, that apart from you, I am nothing. But Lord, with you and in you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I thank you that I am not apart from you this morning that we are joined. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And I thank you today that you speak, that you declare the oracles of God, Lord, from my lips. What blows my mind is that you give me the privilege of preaching a gospel of transformation while you are still in the process of transforming me as your vessel. I'm not done. In Christ, I'm finished. But thank you that the finishing work of the Holy Spirit is still doing his job in my life and in the lives of these people that are hearing this message. We acknowledge that. We need you, Lord. Be present. Be our ears and our eyes. Be our understanding. Be our perception today. Let the gospel penetrate our hearts in everything we do and say to bring glory to your name. It's in that name that we pray, the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Realignment is getting everything in me in line with the Word and the Spirit of God. Just a quick review this morning. We've done three messages prior to this. The first one was called Windshields and Rearview Mirrors, and I was showing you the correlation between the size of the windshield in front of you and the rearview mirror that gives you a glance backward, but you glare forward. The, the, the total of your attention by far has to be where you're headed and not from where you've come. Now, where you've come can affect you and how you get to where you're heading, but you're not going backward, you're going forward. Look at your neighbor and say, he's saying something right now. Now, I want you to realize that when, when you look in the windshield, you spend most of your time looking where you're going. You're pressing forward. Paul said in Philippians 3, forgetting what is past, I press forward. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We learned that week that we look backward to thank God. We look forward to trust God. Second message was basically about repentance. The title was called, Growth Requires Change. Repentance is not just a religious experience one time in your life in the altar It may or may not be emotional, but the bottom line is the definition of repentance. Metanoia means change your mind. And we learned that nothing changes if nothing changes. We've we've started this new year. I'm sure that some of you have some goals. I don't know if you do resolutions or not. Typically, by this point in January, those have already been ditched. Uh, I I read an article recently about a, a, a gym in Florida that puts out extra equipment for the first two weeks of January and they pull it out back the third week because they know that most of those first two week people are going to quit coming. How many times have we decided that we're going to get our finances in order? We're going to declutter our houses. We're going to live more wholesomely and holistically in terms of being present in our relationships. We're going to limit our time on our devices and our social media. And we're going to be present when we're talking to people. And, and, and we're going to get our 
fitness. We're going to get our diet in order. We're going, to, we're going to begin to live so that we can think about a future that is in front of us. And we're going to invest our money and not waste it. And we, we make decisions and goals. And we, have, we think, man, 2021 has so much potential. And if I will just follow through with, with these seven things, how amazing it can be at the end of this year. And then do it again the next year and the next year. And then I can really be set. And then life happens. And I want to tell you that where we can see some growth take place is to take these steps to review and to renew, to look backward to thank God, look forward to trust God. Realize that nothing changes if nothing changes. I'm kidding myself if I think I can keep doing the same thing over and over and I'm going to get different results. I have to change something. So guess where you start? You start in your mind. You change your thinking. You get a new perception, a new perspective about what you're trying to deal with, the, the, the habit you're trying to establish, the habit you're trying to break, the addiction that you want to get set free from, and the bondage that's held you back, the sin pattern that you want to not just continuously say, forgive me, Lord. Again, today, I come to you, forgive me, Lord. But to truly get victory over it. How many of you know that's possible? Last week, we talked about recommit. We looked up, we built in, we gave out. We devoted ourselves to worshiping God. We applied ourselves to the word of God and we gave ourselves to the work of God. Realignment is getting everything in me in line with the word and the spirit of God. Point number one this morning in my message, I want to just give you a quick reminder. You've heard me teach this numerous times. Those of you who have been part of Victory this is not new to you. If you're, if you're recent around here, this, this may be something that you've not heard, but I just encourage you to go to the Word. Don't ever take any preacher's uh, words as the final word. Let the Word of God be the final word. Somebody say amen. All right, the, the, the first principle this morning I want to bring is to remember the power of agreement. The power of agreement. Matthew 18, 19 says, I, tell, I also tell you this, if two of you say it agree here on earth concerning anything you ask my father in heaven will do it for you now a couple things that I want to point out because I think this is just such a powerful uh, illustration here to grab hold of and that is is that working there it is uh, maybe it's the battery's going down it's not powerful enough let me see if I can get it over here I know there's a light coming out of it all right anyway uh <laughs> Just look at the words. I want you to see earth and heaven are in italics. And I want you to recognize that agreement is so powerful that here on earth, if we will walk in this principle, we can affect what's happening in heaven. Did you see that? If two of you agree here on earth, this is, these are the words of Jesus. They're in red in your B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. If we agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. There are a couple things that move the heart of God to action. That is your faith that makes a demand upon his ability. And when we stand together in agreement in faith, earth can move heaven. Come on, somebody. The Greek word for agree is the, the Greek word sumphoneo. Sum, meaning together or one. Phoneo, sound, we get our English word symphony from it, okay? Symphoneo is literally the, the, the transliteration, 
We're taking the actual how you pronounce the Greek word and moving it into English, and we get our English word symphony from it. We do that all the time in the English language. We have borrowed so many words from other languages, and we think they're English words. For example, the word mentality is not an English word. It's a French word, and we've taken the E with the accentate U off of it, and we put a Y on it, and we don't say mentalite. We say mentality. And we talk about someone's mindset. We talk about the way they look at things, their framework of thinking. And that applies to what I'm bringing to you this morning because we want to get our minds in agreement with the Word of God. Realignment is getting everything in me in line with the Word and the Spirit of God. Symphoneo, we think about a symphony that all tunes together by the standard of an A440. The pitch is sounded. The most awful sound that a symphony ever makes is the 10 minutes before they actually start to play because they're tuning and it's horrible if you've ever been to a symphony. But once they finally got everything tuned and then the conductor stands up and they strike the first chord, it's melodious. It, the symphonio means to be in harmony together, to be in agreement together. There's nothing worse than to, than to be dissonant, Okay. And so I want to move quickly to point number two. Now remember, realignment is getting everything in me in line with the Word and the Spirit of God. Secondly, this morning, this is the principle I want to bring because this is a little bit of teaching. It's not a preaching message. This is a teaching message. So gear down and stay with me. Man is a three-part being. Man, me, you, human beings, male and female, are three-part beings. We just read it this morning from our text from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Let's grab it one more time. It says, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Now, before we jump into spirit, soul, and body, I want you to see the connection between holy and whole. Because holiness in God's sight is wholeness. Whole numbers are integers, if you'll remember from your fifth grade math class. Integers are whole numbers. They're not fragmented. They're not fractions, but they are one, two, three, four, five. The ordinal numbers, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty, one hundred, five hundred, whole numbers. And so the idea of integrity is this whole concept of integral or integers or wholeness. And when we are truly holy before the Lord, it means that we are whole. We're no longer incomplete or hollowed out, but we are whole before him. And it's, it's a shame that in Southern churchianity, notice I didn't say Christianity, Southern churchianity, we have a whole other definition of what holiness is. It has nothing to do with the Bible. Holy very simply means to be set apart for a particular purpose. This jacket belongs to me. It is set apart to me. And because of that, it is holy unto Michael. Are you following me this morning? Holiness, folks, is not perfection. It is the fact that God takes a whole slew of imperfect people, pours his Holy Spirit out upon them, saves them by his blood and by his grace, and he sets them apart holy for his purpose. Now, if perfection is what makes me holy, then count me out because I'm not there. 
There is not a person in this room that can say you are perfect, only God. Yes, there is one person. His name is Jesus. He's, by the way, he is here. Did you know that? This morning, when we talk about being whole, there are three parts that God wants to make whole. Our spirit, our soul, our body. And notice the order in which they come. Because most folk, because we, we, our identity is tied to this. The color of your skin the color of your eyes, size of your waist, the height of your body, your body type, your soma, somata type. That's a, the, the Greek word for, for body. And most of the time when we say this, we get it out of order. We say body, soul, and spirit. Well, that's going from the outside in. When truly we are, notice the order of the scripture, spirit and soul and body. Because that's the direction God begins in. He plants the seed of eternal life in your spirit. And then the scripture says in James 1 to receive the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now I want you to see this this morning. Say this after me. I am a spirit. Say it, come on, like you mean I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. Three Greek words. Go ahead and put them up for me if you would please. These are the three that we see. First of all, pneuma, a pneumatic tool is wind-driven. It's air-driven. It's an air-powered instrument. Big trucks, 18-wheel, have pneumatic brakes. They stop by the power of air. Pneuma, the Greek word means wind, breath, or spirit. Now, I, before I define it, let's just move on through. The second one is suke, and that is the transliteration of the, of the Greek word, which, which the translation of is soul or life. Jesus said, except you lose your life for my sake, and it's not the Greek word bios, it's not your biological body life, but it's your soul life, your suke. Except you can lay down your suke, you won't inherit his zoe, the eternal life of God. Are you following me this morning? Okay, so your suke is your soul. Uh, that's, that's the part of your life that we're going to talk about in a moment, we'll define. Finally, it's the soma, the body now, I'm going to begin down here because we're going to go from the outside in. Your body, very simply, is your earth suit. It's what gives you the right to have influence in the earth. If you don't have one of these, you don't have the ability to influence what's happening on the planet. How many of you realize this? When this dies, you no longer have a voice on this side. So you need one of these. Just like when you go to the moon, you have to have a moon suit. This is your earth suit. It's what gives you the right to have influence. It... It is governed by our five natural senses, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you touch, what you smell. Now, how many of you know sometimes your senses can fool you? So we need to keep all of that in perspective. Let's go backward now. Let's go from the far outside to the far inside. Let's, let's talk about the spirit. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord that searches all the inward parts of the belly. Look at your neighbor and say, have you been lit? All right, we all need to get lit. Now, that's nothing to do with legalizing marijuana in the state of Arkansas. But we need to get lit. We need to be lit. David said, the Lord has lit my candle. And so the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. There's a lamp. There's a light. There's something where there used to be darkness, where there used to be death. Now there is life. 
Something animates you. Something moves you because your pneuma, your spirit man, God has breathed his breath of life into you and now you're alive in Christ. Put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Your pneuma is the seat of intuition. It's where you know that you know that you know that you know it's in your knower you know it because nobody can tell you differently because you know it. It's not something that can be proven in a laboratory. What you know here is not based on empirical evidence. It is not based on a study or statistical facts, but it's the fact that you've got this overwhelming conviction. There is a gut feeling. Why is it a gut feeling? Because the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Hebrew minds, the Eastern mindset, this was the seat of the spirit. We talk about the heart of man. We're not talking about the blood pump with the four ventricles, oracles, but we're talking about the center, the very, the very root of who you are, the spirit, the pneuma. Are you following me this morning? So what we want to do is we want to get everything in line. We want to get our spirit and our, our pneuma and our suke and our soma in line, okay? Look at your suke. This is your soul life. This is, this is the seed of your mind, what you think, your will, what you want, and your emotions, what you feel. Jesus said, except you lose what you think and what you want and what you feel, your soul life, that's what Jesus said to the Father. He said, not my will, but what? Yours be done. It's when I can lay down what I think. Why? Because his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Come on, help me a little bit this morning. It's when I can lay down my will because I know that God's will is greater than mine because he can see the end from the beginning. I'm so grateful he hasn't answered every prayer that I prayed because he knew there was something better for me than what I thought I had to have. Are you following me this morning? So when I can lay down my mind what I think and my will what I want and my emotions what I feel. Sometimes the, the, the cheapest most distracting words that can come out of your mouth are, well, I feel like this. <laughs> How many of you know your feelings really can mess with you? And, and if we're really going to walk with God, I have to lay down what I think and what I want and what I feel, and I have to say, Father, not my will but yours be done. Come, kingdom of God. Be done, will of God in my life. <laughs> are you following me this morning? Now, man is made in the image of God. Why? How, can, how do we know that? Not because he's three persons in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because God is a spirit. He has a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and he lives in a body. And guess what I'm looking at this morning? I'm looking at the body of Christ. What do you think about that? Hello, body of God. That's what the Bible calls you. If you hadn't read it, read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It said God sets the members in particular in the body as it pleases him. He's the head of the body. We're the body of many members. Come on, somebody. Now, the sooner we can get in agreement together, we can, we can be on earth and we can move heaven. But there's no way I can get in agreement with you if I'm not even in agreement in myself. Realignment is getting everything in me in line with the Word and the Spirit of God. Are you getting anything out of this? Point number three, I'm really finished. This is so good. Not good that I'm finishing because I could really go another hour. Oh, but we're glad you're not, Pastor. <laughs> Point number three, your success is in your soul. The Spirit is where God has done the finished work 
of Christ in you, the hope of glory. When I look at my spirit, I see that my position in Christ is that I have been raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places. But when I look at my body and the struggle that I am in the middle of and I'm having a temptation, a, a habit, a, a bondage, something that has been carried over from my past, maybe I was a victim of a choice that I didn't make. Let me just say this to you right now. I just want to help somebody in this room. You may not have had anything to do with what happened to you, but from that moment on, how you handle it becomes your responsibility. You are not a victim. In Christ, you are a victor. By his faith, we, have, we are victorious. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, 1 John 5, 4. Your success is in your soul. Now, there, there's, some, there's some theologians that say that we're a dichotomy. You don't have to go back to that. Don't put up the slide. It's okay. Two parts. I lean to three, and I'm not going to make, I'm not going to disfellowship with somebody because I see that we have three parts. Because those who have two, really, it's so finely intertwined together, the soul and spirit together. And the scripture I'm about to show you is, was the weight. It was the thumb on the scale that pushed me to decide that I believe that man is a trichotomy. Man is a three-part being. Look at this. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and powerful it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between what? Say it. Soul and... So there is a, there's a line of delineation. They're not identical. They're not the same thing. Now, they're intertwined, certainly. But I want you to recognize this. It says, it is sharper than the, the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit. And then he begins to take it into the natural, into a physiological example. He said... Between the joint and the marrow, here in my elbow, this hinge joint, there is marrow, marrow, however you say it, that runs in my bones. That's the site of the production of your blood. It's an important thing to have healthy blood marrow. Sometimes folk that are deathly ill, fighting a disease or cancer of some kind, have to have someone come and give a blood marrow donation. It's a very painful sacrificial process to, to donate that to somebody. But you do that because you love. Just like the joints and the marrow are so close together, they're intertwined, they're connected, and for the joint to be healthy, the marrow has to be healthy. For the, for the marrow to flow, the joint has to be healthy. But still, they're not identical. They're not the same thing. And so the Word of God has the ability to cut between the soul, what, I, what is in my mind, what I think, what is in my will, what I want, what is in my emotions, what I feel, and my spirit, that seat of the place where the candle of the Lord in my life has been lit and Christ has done something new. Eternal life is sitting there. The potential of God to, to, to move out and to influence every part of me in my thinking and also touch my body. Hallelujah. To help me bring in alignment, this flesh. It, and he goes on to say, he says that it will cut between soul and spirit and between joints and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires, which are not the same thing. I can think something, but does it mean it's a desire that I want to fulfill? King James says, the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. 
what I think and then what I intend to do, they can become the same thing, but they're not necessarily the same thing. I can think it and then I can decide and they can become joined the way soul and spirit can become joined. The Old Testament gives us this beautiful example called the Tabernacle of Moses and it's a picture of the believer. It's a picture of the whole body of Christ, but the individual believer, we we see two parts. Notice I said two, not three. I said two. There's an outer court and there's an inner court. But when you really look more deeply, the inner court has two places, the holy place and the most holy place. The most holy place was where the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth rested, the mercy seat on top of it. And once a year, the high priest of Israel went in and sprinkled blood on the mercy seat. And the sins of the people of the nation of Israel were rolled over again one more year. And that, that most holy place is the picture, literally, it's the, in, in the New Testament when it's referred to, it uses the word naos or the temple of God. When the scripture says your body is the temple of God, it's talking about the body that houses the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now, this morning, I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm, being, I'm teachy and not preachy, but there's so much good stuff in this, so hang with me and I'm almost finished. My whole point in bringing this to you today is that we want to get congruent We want to make our soul what I think, what I want, what I feel, get in line with what God's already done in my spirit. What's already a New Testament positional truth in Christ that I don't yet see out here in my condition, what I'm struggling with, what I'm fighting, what I'm facing, what I'm battling with, what I'm in bondage to, the habit I'm trying to build, the habit I'm trying to break. It's out here in this body realm. Remember when Jesus asked the disciples, he said, guys, go with me to pray. And he took a few more steps deeper into the Garden of Gethsemane and he came back and he was disappointed because they'd fallen asleep. And he said, could you not tarry with me one hour? Oh, Lord, watch and pray, he said. And he went back again and he prayed and he came back again and they'd fallen asleep again because they were just overwhelmed from the emotion and the mental anguish and the stuff that was going on that night and certainly what would be happening the next day is Jesus would hang on a cross be the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Jesus made a statement to them. He said, boys, he said, the spirit is willing, finish it if you know it, but the flesh is weak. It's this body. The spirit is strong. It's being renewed day by day. That's that's the one thing that just I struggle with when I see a saint of God that's walked with the Lord all their lives and they're they're in a 90-year-old body and the body is decrepit and falling apart and they're about to lay this earth suit down and graduate into glory. But there's something. You can look in their eyes and you can see that they're full of life, just brimming with hope and expectation to, to meet Jesus. Although the outward man perish, 2 Corinthians says, the inward man, that's the spirit, is being renewed day by day. Hallelujah. There's a war between my flesh and my spirit, but my soul is where the success is. My spirit is where God's already done the work of eternal life, and my soul is the ground that has to get in agreement with my spirit. What did, you don't, you're not sure about this? Okay, let's just quote a scripture. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the what? The renewing of your 
And where is your mind? In your soul. Your soul. Your soul is where your success is to beating the habit, to establishing the new one, to walking in the blessing of God, to getting the victory, to climbing the mountain. To, to, to seeing the goal come to pass, to seeing, to seeing the breakthrough you're praying for. Listen, your strength and your success is in your soul. It's to get yourself congruent and in agreement together because realignment is getting everything in me in line with the Word and the Spirit of God. I'm not changed by conforming to any outward standard from the outside in. Jesus said, you Pharisees love to wash the outside of the cup, but the inside is just filthy. You whitewash the sepulchers, but inside it's full of dead men's bones. When we try to go from the outside in, we are captivated by religion. But our relationship will start from the inside and come out. Come on, somebody put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When I'm willing to lay down what I think, when I'm so convinced in my mind that this is the way it ought to be, and I go to the Word, and the Father says, now hang on, put that in check. Don't let your pride get in your way. But Lord, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't care. I'm, tell, I'm telling you by the Spirit, go and make it right with your brother or your sister. Well, they ought to apologize to me. Yeah, they should. But I'm telling you, go initiate it. Go, do it first. How many of you know when you do that, you've got to lay down what you want and what you think and what you feel? But when you do that, you become what Jesus said, a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the sons of God, the mature sons of God. I want that. We need that. Our nation needs that. we got a new president that we're going to pray for this morning. Whether you voted for him or not is immaterial. First Timothy 2 didn't put the condition on there. Pray for those in authority if you voted for him. I want to take the step today. And the way you do this, we've recommitted to worshiping God last Sunday, to uh, applying the word in our lives, to giving generously to the work of God, our time, our talent, and our treasure. The only way we can do what I'm talking about this morning is that we begin to become people of prayer and of the spirit and of the word of God. And we, listen to me right now, I want to tell you something. If you're not God... I don't need your approval. And if you're not God, your opinion might matter, but it's secondary to to God's opinion, what he says about me. Come on, some of you, somebody in this room needs to get set free this morning because you are so tied up worrying about what everybody else thinks about you and your family and your image and all of that stuff. And as long as you're bound by that, you will never be free to be all that God has called you to be. If they're not God, then their opinion doesn't matter and you do not need their approval. Oh, how amazing to live. To live to please Him. To live and just to be free to be who you are and not give a rip about what anybody else says or thinks. Come on, somebody. Everybody in the room wants that. 
Bow your hearts with me, please, for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, help us today. As we close this sermon, as we close this message, this service, I thank you, Father, for men and women whose hearts are toward you. If there's someone under the sound of my voice today who's never crossed the line of faith and asked you to come into their lives and change them and save them, Lord, thank you that you take a, a dead human spirit and you breathe your life, the life of God, into it and you make us new creations. We, we do that very simply by just, by just giving ourselves to you and say, Father, save me. I believe the promise of the word with all of my heart. It said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And folk, Southern Churchianity defines that saved as a home in heaven. I want to tell you what saved literally means. It means completely delivered, set free, whole, wholeness. No bondage. That's what the Lord wants for your life and for mine. Certainly heaven is a blessing, is a byproduct of all of that. But it's not the only thing. Today, I believe somebody in this room has gotten something I believe that you've grabbed a hold of and, and you would just very simply say, yeah, pastor, I think I hear that. I think I understand that. But now how can I begin to change my mind, my thinking, my will, my emotions? And let the word be supreme over all of that. Father, we just submit all this to you. We ask you, Lord, to do a work in our hearts and our lives. Anyone under the sound of my voice, if if that's you and you've never crossed the line of faith to say, Jesus, save me, slip your hand up. I want to pray for you right now. Anybody in the room? Anyone? I think I see a hand back there. I'm not sure. Yeah. Now, you already, you already know the Lord. You know that you're saved. If you died right now, you would be in his presence. But you know that you're still struggling with some things that you'd like to see put behind you in 2021. And you would just say, Pastor, man, I've heard this word. I'm asking God for strength to help me to bring everything in me in alignment with the word of God and the spirit of God. If that's you, slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Yes, all around the room. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for these men and women. Bless and guard and guide them. Help us to be people determined to see you lifted up, to worship you and honor you, and to bring our souls in line with what you've done in our spirits. And then our body gets in line. God, we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. And for those, Lord, today who've maybe never crossed the line of faith, I'd just like the congregation, if you would pray with me, please. Everybody, let's pray this out loud. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gospel that changes everything. I trust you. I lean into you. Jesus, save me. Change my life. Forgive my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said, put your hands together and give the Lord praise this morning. Amen. Yeah.